welcome. I can't believe I did that. Welcome to neither the time nor the space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the festive Matt. Hello there. Here we are on our Christmas special. Doesn't feel that yep. festive, does it? Because I don't know. I know what's coming. <laughs> I just downed a mince pie. Yep. From Thomas the Baker's, no less. Good ones. Yeah. Nice cup of tea. Yeah, decent quality. I made you normal tea this time. <laughs> yes. Biscuit I, blend. I'll be honest, I was less impressed by the biscuit blend than you. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, Christmas is here. <laughs> and we are celebrating it by punishing all of our listeners. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I thought this was going to be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I genuinely thought, uh, Canaan and Company, just, it's supposed yeah. to be bad. How bad can it be? Fuck me, this is terrible. <laughs> it's just, well, like I say, it, you, you, you hope it's going to be funny. It's just sad, isn't it? It's, you feel sad for everyone it's involved. It's just bad television. <laughs> yeah, like, it is in no way entertaining. Yeah, it, it's, there's no way to sugarcoat it, is there? Like, and we've watched bad Doctor Who, where at the end of the day... Oh, I, I don't think we have. No, but, I mean, oh, the odd episode of the U series, none of the classic episodes I've shown you. at the end of the day, I can appreciate, like, they're off their time. Mm-hmm. This is upsettingly bad. <laughs> it really is. My heart my heart absolutely breaks for what, uh, Elizabeth Sladen. And what's your main this. criticism of this? Oh, oh, do I have to pick just one? <laughs> well, I have two. Okay. Um, uh, off the top of my head, the thing that really stands out to me... There is, like, nothing happens for the majority of it. Right. It's well, just there you go. standing there's, around. There's criticism one for me, yeah. is that the plot is non-existent. Quite literally, yeah. nothing happens in this episode. I mean, uh, almost nothing. And then, it's, it's back of a fag packet, isn't it? You can, you can jot down the key events in, like, a series of maybe four bullet points. Right, well, we, I think we're about two minutes into recording, so yeah. let's do this. Here's the plot. Sarah Jane gets a house. There's a cult. Canine shoots them all. The end. Merry yeah. Christmas. We'll see you next time, guys. I, yeah. think, I think we're doing the lodger next episode. So, till then, bye bye. There really is so little to it, so little substance. And I think, as well, it's not helped by the setting where they went with the sort of rural. League of Gentlemen, uh, like creepy village well, thing. I, I'll tie that into my yeah. second point. Yeah. How many fucking people live in this village? There's about a thousand characters <laughs> in this episode. They're all like interchangeable, impossible but to keep track of. They're all linked, and there's some assumption that you know who they are. So it's just like, oh, have you met Martin <laughs> Croft? You know, Martin, Bill's son. <laughs> you know, you met Bill at Marjorie's party. And it's just like, I really it's struggle. Like, There's bits where they're yeah. talking, and it's just like, oh, Morris, Morris is here. And I'm just like, hold on, Morris is Bill's brother. It's and like, Bill's married to Sam. It's like watching an episode of a soap you've never seen before. Yeah, but like, it's just like, honestly, for an hour, else, but... <laughs> I think, I, I've written it down, yeah. and I think there's more. I think I'm going to name about 20 characters. <laughs> and Quite in, possibly. In not just. An episode that's an hour long. This is the pilot. Yeah. And it's really fucking confusing. Yeah. And then at the end, most of the characters you just know aren't going to be back next week. <laughs> yeah, because they've all been... Because they've all been terminated by Kodak. By a robot. But then, the really <laughs> creepy characters that you suspect are the bad guys, at the end they're just mates with <laughs> Sarah Jane. Like, 
honestly, this is this is poor. Yeah, I, it says a lot that the best bit is the theme song. That, I mean, the theme tune it, it sets you up for like I mean. We mock it, but in a loving way. Like, there is so much to love about that theme tune and the title sequence. You know, because it's campy and stupid and catchy. And you're like, yeah, this is going to be dumb fun. But, like... But it's it's just dumb. Like, it gets to the end. And you... Towards the big showdown. Yeah. And K-9 says, wait here, I'll solve this. And I thought he'd have some sort of Doctor Who-esque plan... Like, you know, maybe you'd shoot the branch of a tree that would swing down and uh-huh. knock something. No, he just literally obliterates everyone. He's and not quite such an... Whilst he's yeah. going around shooting everyone, Sarah Jane's fight scene, fuck me, that's bad. <laughs> it feels a tad under-rehearsed, doesn't it? Well, she's just, like, <laughs> walking around flailing limbs whilst people ricochet away. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, it's dear. so bad. Well, shall we rattle through the specifics as quickly as possible. We're not going to take too much time with this one, I don't think, because, uh, yeah, this is going to be painful for all concerned. What do you know about Terence Dudley? Terence Dudley? Other um, than the fact he's an absolute fucking arsehole. Uh, I can't remember. I, I mean, he definitely did uh, write some uh, regular Doctor Who, I'm sure, but I cannot remember off the top of my head. Probably all the bad ones. Yeah. Interestingly, I'm looking at the wiki page right now because, you know, my memory isn't brilliant. It doesn't even list him as a writer. I wonder if he's like, if he's still alive and he's just edited his name. <laughs> I'm assuming you're right in, in saying that it is Terence Dunn. Uh, I think I got that from Wikipedia. I can't see his name on there, but... Um... Oh, well. I wouldn't blame him if he didn't want to like be associated with this. Let's see, I'm just going on Terence Dudley's wiki page. Um, live wikiing on the two. Oh yeah, so he wrote... Um, oh, he did uh, Doom Watch and uh, he produced Survivors. So other, like, you know, fairly cult classic sci-fi of, of the 1970s. Um, he directed Megloss for, in Doctor Who. So is he more of a director than a writer, maybe? Um, yeah, director and producer. So I wonder who wrote this. They've got a lot to answer for, whoever they are. Mm. So, the episode's called The Girl's Best Friend. Mm-hmm. And I don't even really want to talk about this. Right, so it starts. <laughs> it does start. And there's some druid activity. Yeah. So it goes in hard. We know this is going to be one of those druid stories. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, because you, you didn't get on brilliantly with the demons, and no, this shares shit. certain DNA with the demons, but it's... Come on, by comparison, you've got to be... Oh, I'd rather demon. watch the demons ten times over than yeah. watch this again. Yeah. So, they're sort of dancing around. I couldn't work out what word they were saying. I've said, are they saying heretic? Hecate. He- which is the name of the god. It's not a good chant, is it? You know? Yeah. As, as D&D players, if, give your cultists a good chant... Give them something more than just the name of the, the evil god they worship over and over. So one's dressed as a big ghost demon, and it burns a picture of an old lady. Yeah, I think so. it's like a goat head, isn't it? Yeah, it's got, yeah. The usual. It's, it's yeah, it's it's, it's just, cl- just classic just cult of, stuff. Just think of the most like cliched example of anything <laughs> we talk about, and that's what that's you'll what they're saying. Yeah. So then we cut to two old women having a chat. Yeah, and this <laughs> is this is the scene where we get. 
all the names that you that you don't yeah. realise you're going to have to remember for the rest of the episode to be able to follow the plot remotely. And because it, it, it is just drift pipe, just like a couple of old ladies having a natter. It's like, oh yeah, Bill so and so and yada yada. And Isn't it weird to see people smoking on TV? That hit me. Yeah. That's a sign of the times. You don't see that as much these days. No, I guess I watch more archive TV than you, so I'm a bit more... I don't get that rattled by it. But um, I see where it does jar me more than with drama and and sci-fi and stuff. It's uh, like comedy sketches. If you watch an old Two Ronnies clip or something, it's like one of them ones set at a party. Just everyone is puffing away at it. And you just think, ooh different times so they're having a chat one of them's Lavinia she's a scientist she hates witchcraft yeah that's her character arc yeah oh, and, and she's on her way to America yeah and we don't see her for the rest of the episode yeah so she's moving house she's got a giant box for her niece turns out her niece is Sarah Jane Smith mm-hmm. now I thought Sarah Jane Smith was the worst character in Doctor Who <laughs> like all she does alright here compared to some others so Sarah Jane turns up, she's greeted by George Tracy. I'm just putting yeah. he's a strange chap, isn't he? He's Am I right in thinking that he's like your sort of the classic country gent type? Well I think he's supposed but... to be like the groundskeeper type guy, isn't he? So is he so he's not the one who owns the the sort of greenhouses? Oh no, that's Bill. Bill, that's Bill, right, yeah. Okay. See how confusing it is? Yeah. Because then later on we've got <coughs> Brendan, we've got Bill, we've got Joan Baker, uh, who else have we got that I've written down? So you've got George Tracy and his son Peter. Oh, yeah. yeah. It just, the list is endless. Right, so basically George Tracy turns up and just goes, all right, and then that's it. We yeah. don't see him for a while. No. Uh, so yeah. She goes in and she sees a box. Then Peter Tracy turns up and just says, "Do you want a cup of tea?" Then he leaves. Like, and he's he's the, the so he's uh, the guy's son and he's got like the leather jacket. Um, well, we might as well say it. it's yeah. how Sarah Jane describes him. He's got the look of a gypsy. <laughs> yeah, that's not a great moment, is it? But at the same time, uh, there's no indication that he is. No, and <laughs> he's just wearing the leather jacket. Yeah, you know, I would have said if they'd have said. He's the guy, he's maybe punk. Yeah, he's got a bit of a rocker look. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, there's an easier way to describe him. Than, yeah, and, and a considerably less offensive way. Uh, it's not really, yeah. He's around the bush, it's not yeah. a good moment. So, like I say, he turns up and says, do you want some tea? And then Brendan calls. Now, I can't work out, because at some point in the conversation with Lavinia, yeah. I thought she said... I thought someone said, is your nephew coming? So I thought he was related to Sarah Jane, but he's not. No. Uh, she's... Uh, uh, Brendan is her ward? Yeah, and yeah. they say that about 20 times as yeah. if it makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, I know Batman's got a ward. Yeah. Yeah, but that makes sense. He never had his own children and he's yeah. going to leave his estate. But Lavinia's got family? Like... She can have a ward if she wants one. I mean, is this going to be no like war against it? Theon Greyjoy and Ned Stark. <laughs> that if Brendan's family go to war, like Lavinia's going to yeah. behead Brendan. I don't know. The thing is, they they made him her ward, but then thinking about it, what possible narrative purpose does it serve? That why could he not just be her son? Yeah. It seems like they really wanted to include the fact that he's her ward. Because at any opportunity, 
They go, oh, you related? He goes, nah, my world. Yeah, but it, does, it just doesn't relate to the plot at all. But no. I mean, maybe that maybe they had like a series arc plucked, yeah. plotted out for him that obviously never came to fruition. But right now, Brendan calls and tells Sarah Jane to go pick him up. He's at the train station. Yeah, and I just want to highlight. This is one of the few quotes I wanted to highlight. Yeah, Sarah Jane says, "No, I'm here to write a book, not be a surrogate mum." Mm-hmm. What is the entire plot of the Sarah Jane Adventures or whatever it's called? She's a surrogate mum. She's a surrogate mum to a man she found in a bin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to be fair, she's at a different time in her life there. Yeah, well... She's still a spunky young reporter. She's a fucking hypocrite, that's what she is. Oh, I'm not a surrogate mum. Later on, she's like, oh, doctor, save my son. She wants to (laughs) learn to make her mind up. So, when they get home, there's a big dog... That belongs to Bill Pollock. Oh, yes, yeah. Now, I quite like Bill Pollock. Isn't it? Like, Now, what, just whilst yeah. we're on topic about the ward, yeah. they also mention about 85 times that Bill Pollock is Lavinia's partner. Now, they don't yeah. say whether that's business partner, like romantic partner. He just goes, yeah, I'm her partner. Yeah. Because he never speaks about her in a romantic way. No, I think and it I might assume, just be business partner. Yeah, they... They're always going on about their market garden. Yeah. They? Like, market garden, they, that's a phrase that just seems to have just... They nobody pick, uses that they phrase pick anymore, the most they? irrelevant points <laughs> and they talk about them for fucking ages. Yeah, and like, like, at one point, they have a conversation about the pH of soil. They do, And yeah. then that leads into a further conversation <laughs> about how young people shouldn't disrespect old people yeah. and trust their knowledge about gardening. Yeah. And it's just like... Yeah, and it's, users will be a sort of anti-intellectual, like, oh, there's more, to, there's more to soil pH than what you can read in books. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... It's like uh, also, I don't get why... It's Brendan, isn't it, the kid? Yeah. Like, why does he even care? Why is he so interested in botany? Yeah, like... The first thing he does when they unbox K9 is he's like, oh, can you just check the soil pHs for me? Like, if he said, oh, no, like, I think at one point they allude to the fact the market garden's not making much money. Yeah. And maybe he wants to boost profits. But they never dwell on that. He just dwells on, like, oh, man, this soil is so alkaline. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. It's just bizarre. So... As if the number of confusing like participants so far wasn't enough. Uh, Bill Pollock's just there and just says, I'm Lavinia's partner and he hates Brendan. Yeah. And all of a sudden the phone rings. And I couldn't even work out this lady's name. Whether it's Joan O'Baker, Joan O'Baker, John O'Baker, Joan Baker. Let's see. Um, do we have a cast list? Oh, I've just I've, I've just gone down. I'm looking at the cast list, but I've now found the bit where it does say it is Terence Dudley. Yeah. So the fact that on his Wikipedia page he is not credited as a writer, yeah, just goes to show that perhaps it wasn't his skill set. Um, so I'm looking to see where we are. Bill Pollock, Vince Wilson. We've not mentioned Vince Wilson yet, have we? Ah, uh, we'll get to him. Juno Baker. There we go. So, so J U N O. Not even one of the names I had on my list. Yeah, Juno Baker. Right, well, she's Lavinia's friend. She rings up and says, do you want to come for a drink? And at this point, it's in my notes where I've written, how many characters, question mark. This is confusing. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah Jane and Brendan open a big box, find K9. K9 wakes up, says he was a gift from the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And that's like the only mention of the Doctor, really, here, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. But also, 
this is pretty much like Sarah Jane and K9 don't really interact much at all in this episode. No, that like K9 gets a lot more screen time with Brendan than he does with yeah. uh, with Sarah Jane. So it's like, which is weird. It's like, I mean, on the one hand, it kind of it's important to remember Sarah Jane has no like pre-existing chemistry or continuity with K9. Their their eras. Whilst they were both companions of the same Doctor, the fourth Doctor, there is no overlap. Sarah Jane left before K-9 arrived. He actually arrived at the end of Leela's run and then was most mostly hung out with the Doctor and Romana. So the, the fact that he's then, like, basically they wanted... I think this, this comes at a point where they decided to write K-9 out of the main show... And like they made that decision maybe about a year before, and they were like, um, they had this opportunity for a spin-off. I feel like Elizabeth Sladen was maybe finding it harder to find post-Doctor Who work than she would like, which is why she maybe agreed to this. And John Leeson, it's easy money for him because he just has to do the voiceover. So I can see why it was an attractive pitch. And there is a version, I think, of K9 and Company that could have been amazing. Like... If they'd actually paired them up and made it like a Knight Rider buddy kind See, of thing. The only way I could envision it being any good would be if it was like the Sarah Jane Adventures, but you take Sarah Jane out and put K9 in. <laughs> and, he, and he's with like a team of children. Because yeah. he's not a very adult character, is he? No, he's definitely like on, on the sillier, more childish end of the Doctor Who spectrum, for sure. Mm. But yeah, but uh, which makes it very weird. You say like tonally, this this has no sense of like childish fun about it. And at least you can say that about Sarah Jane Adventures. There is a sense that mm. it feels like a show aimed at kids. This who is this show for? I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know. So uh, when yeah. they get K nine out, another conversation that they don't need to have. Uh, Brendan is obviously passionate about computers. This was 1981. Not everyone knew about computers. So he's just like, let's just talk about RAM for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Should we just talk about memory? And... Yeah. Like, Terrence Dudley is clearly just, like, flipped through a textbook on computers and just plucked a few words at random mm. to throw into the script. So Sarah Jane then goes to the post office where she meets Lily Grayson. There's another character. Yeah. Uh, to say, has my aunt sent a telegram? Um, Turns out no, no, yeah. So, so we're, at this point, we're already sowing the seeds of uh, the mystery that we're, we're basically being led to believe here that because her aunt Lavinia had written a letter to the Evening Standard criticizing witchcraft yeah. <laughs> in her local community, that the the witches have gone and bumped her off. Yeah. That is the implication. At yeah. This point. So Sarah Jane's expecting to hear from her in America, yeah. but she doesn't. Um, she th- She's assuming that any contact from her aunt has potentially been blocked mm. because everyone's part of this cult. Even though, I don't know, there's a lot of leaps in logic, isn't there? For sure. Like, all of a sudden, Sarah Jane just goes, oh, all the people in this village are weird. It's a cult. Yeah. So, speaking of weird people in the village, George Tracy looks on whilst K-9 advises Brendan how to save the market garden business. Mm -hmm. And Sarah Jane goes to the baker's for a drink where we're introduced to Henry Tobias. 
I think that's Juno's husband. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, sure. Uh, back at the house, Brendan's grabbed by burglars. It's Peter Tracy, the gypsy-looking fellow. So, canine just murders him. To be fair, he stuns him. I know, but... It's not clear in the moment. No! <laughs> uh, and Peter Tracy warns Brendan to get far away. Yeah. Now, I couldn't work out if it was warning him as a friend or as a threat. He was just like, just get out of here, get as far away as you can. Mm. Could be interpreted either way. Now... The next bit, you sort of have to get to the end of the episode for it to make sense. Uh, yeah, always so, a good sign in writing. So, <laughs> K9 is bombing it round the market garden. When you say bombing it, he's doing his usual like, yeah, two miles per hour. Past. So, George Friendly. Tracy um, is looking on, quite yeah. scared. And it turns out, towards the end, you find out that the god that the druids are worshipping has its own little ward which is a white silver dog yes so they're all yeah. terrified of canine because they think he's like a <laughs> demon yeah even though he's clearly a robot yeah like there is nothing like remotely ghostly or godlike about canine's presence no he's too blocky yeah <laughs> if you were being pursued by someone through a market garden yeah and you owned the market garden and yes. you wanted to get them off your trail what yeah. would you do I would like hide in a corner of the market garden. Nah, 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 not K9. Smash all the greenhouses to bits. (laughs) Right, no wonder profits are down. You've got that arsehole breaking everything. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then I didn't even really understand this next scene. George is just telling someone he's failed. And then Peter appears. That's all I've written about that scene. Um, George is like, going, uh, oh no, the girl's still alive. I think he's basically saying that I should have killed Sarah Jane. Yeah. And then Peter just just there, and they go, oh. They have a bit of a disagreement, don't they? I think. Because yeah. it's like, you know, the, yeah. the, P- Peter doesn't know whether he wants to inherit the family business of witchcraft. Yeah. I think that's the kind of subtext. And just being a that. henchman. Yeah. So Brendan reunites with Sarah Jane, tells her what's happened, says the burglar looks like a gypsy. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jane then tells Bill about the attack, and Brendan annoys George. Like, I've just made these notes, and every scene is just all over the place. Yeah. Every scene that has more than two characters <laughs> involves two groups of two having totally separate conversations, having totally different interactions, them never linking up. Yeah. But all of a sudden, everybody in that room knows everything about every conversation. Like, they never say, oh, Bill's told me this. Just Sarah Jane just knows. Yeah. So, George orders Peter to get Brendan. And then he immediately does. Like, he, like Brendan's locking up the house for the night. Yeah. And he goes to the front door and you hear a voice go, like, psst, psst. So he opens the door and he's just grabbed. Yeah. And Sarah Jane notices that her auntie has books on witchcraft. She doesn't notice at that point that Brendan's missing. She just thinks he's gone to bed. So the next morning, she does notice he's missing. Yeah. So, again, this bit didn't make much sense to me. Sarah Jane and K9 break into Peter and George's house. And she just puts K9 under the stairs. Yeah. And then, in the time it takes for her to go recover K9... Nothing happens. She just puts him under her, their <laughs> stairs and yeah. then comes back later and picks him up. So Sarah Crazy. Jane goes to the police station. 
Yeah. And it's at this point we meet Vince Wilson, the police officer. All right, yeah, yeah. And we find out that Peter is also missing. Mm-hmm. Except I think we later find out he's not, and it's just a ruse to throw Sarah Jane off the trail. Maybe. I'll be honest... I was a couple of beers in by this point. Right. So you, you keep looking at me to like kind of confirm plot details. I am not able to do that in this episode. So, Sarah Jane and Bill go back to George's house. Yeah. George is lurking in the bushes for some reason. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, like he like sees them from a distance. And then there's like a cut to the next scene. And George is just somewhere totally different, talking to the policeman. Well, I mean, I guess he practices witchcraft, and maybe he can teleport. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> so they mention there's going to be a human sacrifice, inevitably. And then we see Brendan in like a weird jail cell, but we're never yeah. really told where that is. No. So I mean, for all we know, it might be that the the police station because we we kind of glossed over the fact that in the scene where where Sarah Jane goes to the police, it's like that that classic trope of like. Oh, the the police guy's shifty and isn't taking it seriously, mm. and therefore he's probably part of the cult. Yeah, but everyone's like that. Yeah. Like Sarah Jane just shouts at everyone. She's like, "Oh, my auntie's missing." That she doesn't actually know whether that's true or not. Yeah, yeah, she needs to chill. It's the so, throw enough shit at a wall uh, solution to yeah. investigation, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, accuse everyone of everything. Yeah, Zero like one of them must be the guilty one. <laughs> so we find out Hegarty must be appeased. And had sent the white dog as a sign. So then, like, I don't even get this bit. Right. I'll give it a go. The policeman's riding his bike along the road. Yeah. Then he has a funny turn when he sees the moon. And then Sarah Jane's riding down the road and she sees him (laughs) and his face is all distorted. Yeah. Then for some reason there's a goat. Like, there's a lingering (laughs) shot on a goat. Yeah. As if, like, to say... Oh, by the way, guys, this goat is Hegarty. Yeah. But it's not. It's just a goat. Yeah. I... Th- okay, the f- the policeman having a fit. Isn't there some chanting going on elsewhere whilst this is happening? Like, there's being intercut with it. Possibly. I think maybe... I feel like maybe the implication is that someone's done a spell on him. Right, but in that but case, it, that makes magic canon in the Doctor exactly. Who. Exactly. Which is why, for me, like... This occupies a very awkward position in Doctor Who canon. Because I don't want the idea that humans can practice magic in 1970s, 1980s Earth to be I argue a lot that magic should be canonical. But I don't want to win the argument this way. I don't want to say it is because of K9 and company. I just... (laughs) I'll admit defeat on that front. You see, I'm okay with some forms of magic in Doctor Who. Specifically, like... What I would brand space magic. Uh-huh. I'm thinking like Thor and and, yeah. and like the Force in Star Wars. Well, you want it to be almost like Numenera. You want yeah. magic and technology to be indistinguishable. Yeah, exactly. So like the uh, the idea that other civilizations can do stuff through what appears to the naked eye to effectively be magic. Mm. I'm fine with that because that's just like far off science fiction, science fantasy. That's great. But the idea of just a bunch of bumpkins in 1980s Britain bumbling around casting hexes on people. Yeah. That doesn't sit well with me in my in my sort of view of the Doctor Who universe. Oh, it's poor. <laughs> so poor. 
So Peter's going to be initiated into the Druids tonight. Uh-huh. But Bill has also vanished now. And the Bakers are entertaining Sarah Jane and sort of humouring her while she talks of witches. Yeah. So she goes to speak to K9 who asks for a map of the area. They use an ordnance survey map. Because yeah. he says it's the winter solstice. If there's a ritual, it's going to be on hallowed ground. So he identifies there's eight churches in a five-mile radius. Mm-hmm. You you would think that K9 would have Google Maps installed, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, he's from the future. But... Yeah. But apparently, no. Apparently, he's got a scan and ordnance survey map. Yeah. <laughs> so the phone rings, and it's Mrs. Baker, mm-hmm. and she invites Sarah Jane to dinner, and... This is the point where you're supposed to think she's the main bad guy. Yeah. Especially because you don't see her husband. Yeah. So she refuses. Sarah Jane and K9 set off driving and someone just drives a tractor into them. Rigs a tractor just to run into the road. Yeah. I mean, just needless. But... I mean, that's the that's their attempt at action. Yeah. We're getting to like, the big climactic moments of yeah. this episode. This is the best they can do. There's some like... Footage of a tractor intercut with footage of Sarah and uh, Jane and K9 in a Land Rover. Yeah. Poor. So poor. Yeah. So someone goes to grab Brendan and at this point they've gone around all the churches. They haven't found the ritual. So K9 suggests it could be a chapel, not a church. Like right. that's the big plot twist. Yeah. It was a chapel. If only it was a chapel all along. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Yeah, and yeah. like, but they get there. We, we're getting yeah. into like the main climax yeah. of the episode. So the, so the, far, this I've, is the real money. I've shot. written a page and a half of notes up to yeah. this point. I have four lines for the yeah. rest of the episode. Go for it. I've just put. Uh, should I just read it? Just read it in full. Right. Then we can discuss it. A ritual begins. Canine just shoots the druids. Sarah Jane beats them up. It's rubbish. <laughs> Bill is the head druid, question mark? Because I still don't know whether he is or he isn't. I think so. Uh, Then Sarah Jane, Brendan and the Bakers have Christmas dinner. They have a right laugh about it all. Yeah. Aunt Lavinia calls, canine sings. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. The first part where, you know, the big climactic moment where canine saves the day by seemingly murdering everyone involved. Yeah, he just approaches yeah. and laser shoots them. Now, yeah. whether he stuns them, like he did in the past, for yeah. the police to come, but we know the police are corrupt. Yeah, you can't trust Vince the Wilson's as so, crooked as the day is long. For all we know, K9 is, at this point, um, There's blood operate, on operating on a shoot-to-kill policy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it Isomov's, like, roles yeah, of, of robotics. Yeah. yeah, he just breaks them all. Yeah. He's a naughty dog. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to tell him that though, for fear of him like obliterating you? No, absolutely not. I'm terrified. I imagine that's where this series would have gone. But, like, dark canine. Yeah, like everyone like appeasing canine, but secretly planning to murder him because yeah. they know he's gone too far. Does it result in some kind of like galactic tribunal? <laughs> like, yeah. Canine on trial. Like, there was a film like this year. Have you seen Brightburn? No, I've heard of it. It sounds yeah, interesting. About basically Superman if he was nasty. Mm. And it ends. Do you, do you know the ending? Uh, well, Spoil it for all Basically, the only people he trusts in the world are his parents. 
So his dad says, look, you're my son, I love you. Let, let's just do as we always do. Takes him into the woods on a hunting trip and he's basically going to have mice and men him, shoot him in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty certain he shoots him and the bullet just bounces off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he turns around and kills his dad. Great. So that's where I want this to go for Canine and Company. I, I mean, maybe. I want it to be like ruthless Canine. <laughs> I mean, sadly, we'll never know because uh, I'm, I'm not that sad. Amazingly, it wasn't picked up for a series. Yeah, I know. I've joked about watching Torchwood and more Sarah Jane Adventures, mm. even though I know they probably won't be that good. If this was an option, we would not be watching it. After this. <laughs> you draw the line. Yeah, like I think both of them left enough in the air where I'd be like, ah, oh, maybe want to see where this goes. Yeah. Not here. No. No, no. <laughs> so, so then, as you say, we get the little coda where the producers suddenly remember that this is supposed to be a Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> so, like earlier in the episode, someone just goes, "Oh, Merry Christmas." Yeah. But at the same time, I think they say it's December eighteenth. It's yeah. the winter solstice, something like that. But, but like for a Christmas special, there is not. There is not a shred of tinsel to be seen. There's no snow. There's, there's no, no Christmas tree. Yeah. Until the very end, there's no carols. No. It's it's just a gloomy, wet-looking village. Yeah. I mean, for it, an hour. It, it's more like a real Yorkshire Christmas <laughs> than like the portrayal <laughs> yeah. of Christmas. Absolutely. So yeah, we get the little chummy Christmas drinks with the people that turn out not to be in the cult. Yeah. Turns out Art Lavinia's fine. Few. Yeah. We're all worried about that. Yeah. Once all this mess has yeah. gone on. Like, I think at one point she says, oh, how are things? And Sarah Jane just goes, oh, I'll tell you later. Yeah. And then, yeah, the lovely, cute final shot. Uh, K-9 learning to sing We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Right. Now, K-9 can look at an ordinance survey map and pick out all the churches in a five-mile radius. Yeah, But he apparently can't read (laughs) prose when it's written in front of him. I think maybe the issue is that he's not been programmed to sing. So that it's more challenging for but him he's, to... But he's getting the words in the wrong order. He could just it's literally a... go like, We wish you a merry Christmas. But look, I'm willing to, to, to think that he is basically trying to circumnavigate his own programming in order to sing. And as a result, a glitch that is occurring is that some of the words are coming out. It's like when Crichton swears. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, or... it's not good, though. If you had to score this out of 10, what would you give it? I mean, I think if we use our usual ranking, we both agree, bad. Bad, yeah, bad. But I was glad it didn't get commissioned. Or even out of 100. Okay. Um, I'll do it out of 10. Am I including the theme tune? No. Okay, so no theme tune, because the theme tune would genuinely net it two points. Yeah. Automatically. So we're starting from a base of zero because no theme tune. Um, one for uh, half a point each for John Leeson and Elizabeth Sladen because I have such affection for their portrayals of these characters in other episodes of proper Doctor Who. Mm. Half a point for the character of Bill because I like the trope of avuncular country gent. Mm-hmm. And like, I genuinely, his scenes, there is just a little bit more brightness to them because I enjoy just a grumpy old, mm-hmm. uh, like, country bloke grumping about the place. 
Um, half a point for the random, uh, cr- uh, like, I don't think it's a crash zoom, but the ra- the random cut to a goat during the, yeah. the chase sequence. So that brings us up to a total of two points. See, if you'd have asked me, I'd have said two. Yeah. And when I was thinking of a number out of 100, I was stuck on 22%. Yeah. It's just so bad. This is the worst thing we've watched. <laughs> Worse than Fear Her. Yeah. In series two. Yeah. 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 That like, because we can justify that it was a filler episode. They were mm. waiting for the finale. They spunked all the budget. But this is the this big is chance. this is the thing that you're supposed to be going. Oh wow! Yeah. I will buy into this. This is a treat for Doctor Who fans on Christmas Day of 1918. I don't. I or don't, not Christmas Day, but like. The festive period, for sure. I don't know what I was expecting, but not this. Not this. <laughs> on that note, so listeners. bad. Like, so bad. Oh. Well, that being said, Merry Christmas. Yeah, sorry we may have ruined it with this. <laughs> no one's going to be listening to this on Christmas Day, surely. I mean, <laughs> well well done to you. If, if genuinely your Christmas is so... Going so poorly that this improves it. I yeah. mean, our heart goes out I to hope you. you're all having a Christmas that is bountiful enough that this isn't where you're at in the world. <laughs> uh, but that being said... If, if you are, yeah. <laughs> contact us on Twitter. Yeah. I'll call you on the phone and we'll just chat about something else. Yeah, we'll just make sure that everything's all right. Yeah. You know, we can discuss biscuit recipes or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I never want to speak of this again. <laughs> well, maybe we'll never. And have I, to. I'm the sort of person that can watch a bad film and love it. Yeah, like, you have a much higher threshold for that than me. I think. Yeah, like I love watching bad films and I'll enjoy it for what it is. Mm. But this, this is not a so bad it's good situation. No, this no, is no, just no, a no, so bad that no, it's depressing. No. Um, but anyway, hopefully we'll be back on track. Uh, next week with our regular scheduled episode um, and hopefully you'll enjoy it it's, it's The Lodger yep um, not quite the series finale of series 5 but get inching towards that I mean a lot of listeners won't get there after listening to this <laughs> you think this will kill them yeah. off this will be it yeah they'll be petitioning to like iTunes to get us taken <laughs> off maybe that I hope that's not how it works I hope I iTunes know. don't pay attention to petitions. I don't know. But anyway, thank you ever so much for listening. Hope you have a lovely Christmas. Uh, and I genuinely mean that, listeners. Thank you for sticking with us through this year. It's been... We've had, overall, on balance, a lot of fun doing this podcast, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Not not today, though. Not today. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, and join us later in the week for our regularly scheduled episode about... The Lodger. Until then, thanks very much for listening and cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.